Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 10 of Revelation chapter 14. We're going to be reading verse 7. Revelation 14 verse 7 says, Saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him. For the hour of His judgment is come, and worship Him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. Now, as we've been discussing um, Revelation 14 in its earlier verses, the first five verses, is concentrating on the first fruits, the people that God saved during the church age period. And then in verse 6, we have another angel or messenger flying in the midst of heaven, and this would be uh, the Lord Jesus, having the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell on the earth and to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. And that uh, preaching of the everlasting gospel is the message that God sent forth into the world during the little season of the Great Tribulation. And we know from Revelation 7 that as the everlasting gospel was preached to those that dwell on the earth, that a great multitude was saved from every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. And uh, just large numbers of people, millions upon millions upon millions of people, because the world's population had grown to such an enormous size, God saved a great multitude while still maintaining um, the typical remnant that that the Bible insists that that God normally saves a remnant. Well, if you have a world of, of about seven billion, a remnant is scores of millions, tens of millions of people, and that's what God did through the proclamation of the everlasting gospel, and that is the word of God, the Bible. And the gospel, uh, by the way, we might as well define that. Uh, what is the gospel? The gospel is whatever the Bible decrees, whatever the Bible says. The gospel throughout the church age was all of the truth of the word of God, including... Go to church. Uh, go gather with fellow believers on the Lord's Day, Sunday, and, um, and and place yourself under the authority of the deacons and elders and pastors. That was part of the everlasting gospel at that time. But then God made a change in program. He ended the church age. And then the everlasting gospel for the period of the Great Tribulation was that God's people were to come out of the churches, that the Lord's Spirit had departed from the midst of the congregations, and that Satan had been loosed and set up as the man of sin within the churches of the world. This this was what the Bible taught, and therefore it was the gospel. 
the gospel is what the Bible teaches. And, and God has the prerogative. It's according to his will and his program of times and seasons to work within a people such as, say, the nation of Israel for a prolonged period of time and then to end that relationship according to his timetable, which he did. And then God has the prerogative to once again um, develop and and work within churches and congregations to establish a presence in all the nations of the world to bring his word to all the countries of the earth and also to end that relationship according to his timetable, which he did. May 21, 1988, the church age ended. God abandoned the churches and congregations of the world, and he He brought judgment at that point upon them, and just as he did to Israel before them. And it's God's prerogative to develop a day of salvation and and to have periods where uh, good numbers of people are saved, as it was with the first fruits during the, the period of the church age, and to also uh, have relatively or virtually no one saved, as he did for the 2300 evening mornings, and then to save the best for last, and to save a great multitude out of the little season of great tribulation, all according to the will of God as as he determined, before determined, to do these things in accord with his timetable of the times and seasons. And then there there's a time to get or seek. Um, I, I recently learned this at, at our uh, weekend at the Word in Sacramento, California. That in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, where it says, and, and this is that wonderful uh, passage where the Lord indicates that there are definite, certain, specific times and, and seasons that he does perform certain things. That we know from verse 1 of Ecclesiastes 3, to everything there is a season and a time. To every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, and a time to lose." Now, this is where uh, I learned from one of the teachers who were teaching at at the weekend day in the Word in verse six, where it says a time to get the the Hebrew word translated as get is the word that's normally translated as seek, a time to seek. Remember the statement that's made in other places: seek the Lord while. He may be found. Well, there's a time to seek. And when was that time? During the day of salvation. The day that 
that lasted for centuries and centuries, in which God mercifully, graciously, long-sufferingly put up with the sins of men in order that the gospel go forth, which is the declaration of the word of God, until that word went forth into the world and found the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and God used that word to save those people and to gather them unto himself until the last one was saved. That is the time to seek. And the time to seek came to a close on May 21, 2011, at the conclusion of the Great Tribulation period, the conclusion of the little season, the time when the great multitude had been gathered, and that was the climax. That was the end of the millennium's long search for the the people of God. As the last of God's elect was found, recovered, restored, and brought to the Lord Jesus Christ, the time to seek came to an end. Well, then it says in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 6, a time to seek and a time to lose. Well, again, the Hebrew word translated as lose is also translated as perish. A time to seek and a time to perish. And and so uh, we can see, I think, pretty clearly what God is saying here. There's a time in which he will save and uh, men were free to seek the Lord, to cry out for mercy during that time of the day of salvation. But then comes the time to perish, the day of judgment also a prolonged period of time, not anywhere near the extended time of salvation. The day of judgment, in all likelihood, will continue for 1,600 days, and and that will be it. But that is the time. This period now is the time to perish. And, And all according to God's timetable for his program of doing things. God doesn't do anything haphazardly, randomly, um, without a plan, without design. He does everything perfectly. We see that everywhere in his creation. Everything is designed uh, in a very intricate way, in a, in a, uh, a very uh, intelligent way. And it's the same with his gospel, would he design creatures, design his creation so elaborately where things fall into place at according to numbers? Numbers are behind the creation. Uh, they form the pattern of things that we see. Would God work so perfectly in the created order of things and just so loosely so uh, randomly with with his gospel program? Well, after all, what is the most important thing? What is the greater thing to the Lord? Is it this world, this universe, and the creatures he made? Or is it his gospel? What is God most concerned about? 
Well, he's concerned about the Lord Jesus Christ and those that Christ died for. And, and he's concerned about bringing glory to himself through his redemptive program of salvation and of judgment. And so God, he, he gave us his word, the Bible, and within he placed the biblical calendar of history in which history unfolds according to a pattern. And, and remember what it says, for example, in Psalm 90, it says in verse 12, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. The same Lord who has made um, mathematics uh, numbers so important in the creation, of course has placed numbers in his salvation program where things happen according to appointed times to uh, set periods as uh, the Lord said to Sarah at the same time in the next season you will have a child. Things happen in patterns. And and that's why when we look at the historical events of the Bible, when we look at the births of important key individuals, we, we can see from Jacob and Esau's birth in 2007 B.C. It's a thousand years to 1007 B.C. when David ascends the throne. And another thousand years to 7 B.C. when the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, is born and enters into the world. And uh, that's just a small example of the intricate design, the pattern that God has formed with the things of His Word. And then that pattern can be seen from creation to the flood, 6,023 years, not 25 or 28, 6,023 years exactly, and from the flood to May 21, 2011, 7,000 years exactly, from creation to 1988, 13,000 years, and from 1988 to 2011, 23 years 13,023 years until Judgment Day, which occurred in 2011, just as there was 6,023 years from creation to the flood, Judgment Day of the first earth. There is this time relationship, and that's why God speaks of an appointed time, not not just some day. That's basically how the, the church world operates well some day some day unknown to us unknown they they even think to the Lord Jesus Christ some day that nobody knows uh, then then God will come well God doesn't say in the Bible some day will be judgment day he says in acts 17 in verse 30 in the times, of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. The appointed day of judgment. 
That is, from the very beginning, as God knows the end from the beginning, he's known all things that would ever occur throughout time, throughout the history of this world. And and from the beginning, he knew when Judgment Day would occur, and so he wrote it, he placed it hidden in his word, and that day was May 21, 2011, Judgment Day, the appointed day of judgment from all time. When God wrote the Bible, he placed the information in there about the flood, uh, the statement to Noah, yet seven days, and you hadn't to get into the ark, the statement in Second Peter chapter 3, one day is as a thousand years, knowing that he would open up the eyes of the minds of his people, the understanding of his people, when he would unseal the scriptures at the time of the end, and many other things to reveal the appointed day of judgment. That's how God uh, works. And and that's why he could say, uh, shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? That's how he could give the example of the flood uh, in Matthew 24 and say, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And well, how was it in the days of Noah? Did Noah have foreknowledge? Did he have advanced information concerning the date? Yes, he knew precisely, yet seven days. He knew the very day that the flood would occur. And, well, we we could go on and on with that. It's the reason that God said that he would reveal his secret unto his servants the prophets. The Lord God does nothing first without revealing his secret. And and so on. Because there's an appointed day and it was always God's plan to uncover and reveal that appointed day as he did uh, years ago now in advance of May 21, 2011 and as he continues to do as the Bible confirms, that was the date. People are are lost. They're lost. At, and uh, you can hear some who previously believed these things say, well, our error about May 21, 2011. And it's all based on what they did not see with their physical eyes. Because when we look at the Bible with eyes of Faith, yes, because it wasn't something seen. When we look at the Bible and we study the Scripture, the the Word of God, the Bible, confirms that was Judgment Day. It doesn't uh, dismiss it. It doesn't show any error. It doesn't show any mistake in the timeline. It confirms it. The only reason people doubt and say it was an error and nothing happened and 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 just by the way take a look at their lives take a look at the direction these people have gone in since they've gone back from May 21 2011 are they improved are they uh learning greater and greater truth as they insist it's still the day of salvation Have they been doing in-depth Bible studies and just learning all sorts of things, providing correction 
for uh, past mistakes? No, none of that, none of it, not a, not a little, but none. They they're making no progress. They're showing no correction. They're just returning to positions like no man knows the day or hour that the church is maintained, or they're returning to the church itself. They there is no indicator that that is the correct direction to to go in, because anybody who starts going back that way is losing sight of the truth that they previously held, that God had graciously given to them. That should be a big warning sign to anyone. Watch out. Watch out. That Not only are they going backwards, but God is now limiting their outreach. Now, I don't like to talk about family radio, but but many of us, were listeners and supporters of Family Radio for many years. And during the latter rain period, it was stressed by Mr. Camping. During conferences and on air, many times he would point out the great doors that God was opening. And, And I remember listening and agreeing, Wow, this is tremendous. God has opened up doors to China. God has opened up doors to Africa, to India. The the track trips were were an incredible blessing. The radio stations, purchasing airtime, the the shortwave facilities in Okeechobee, Florida, tremendous blessing, the many stations in the US. It was truly a worldwide ministry of getting the gospel out. And and why? Why? Because it was the proper time. It was the second part of the Great Tribulation. It was the latter rain period. And God utilized the electronic medium through a few, those at Family Radio, under the faithful leadership of Mr. Camping and his teaching, to send forth the Word of God in an incredible way, and it, it everything was in place. God just continued to open door after door after door. But then came Judgment Day, and for a while we were confused, and, and yet it was all according to the plan of God to stop that process, to, to end the sending forth of the gospel into the world, uh, and it was going forth in, uh, like never before through family radio. So God stopped the printing presses, and and literally they stopped printing tracks. They the messages stopped uh, evangelizing, and for a few months it was taught on family radio that salvation had come to an end. But after October 21, 2011, which was the second stage of God's testing program, as he brought a snare upon all the inhabitants of the earth, when they did not see anything happen then, well, it wasn't long after that that Family Radio began making decisions, and Mr. Camping um, was not the same man, or else he would have returned to doing the nightly open forum and the daily Bible study as before, but he was not in well enough enough health to do that. And, and so decisions were being made 
that eventually the final decision was made, well, God's still saving. We have to go in that direction. Has Family Radio been blessed as before? No. They've lost stations within the U.S. They've lost international outreach in a tremendous way. A big part of their international outreach is done. It is gone from them. And at the same time, eBible has maintained many of the teachings that Family Radio previously held, and and by God's grace, He's the Lord has opened up some additional information. But I'd say about ninety percent is basically maintaining the things we learn through Mister Camping and what Family Radio used to teach. And God has been blessing e-Bible more and more, opening greater and greater opportunities for us to reach more and more people, especially internationally. We're, we're reaching out to, I don't know the numbers, but many more people we have the ability to reach today than we had before. And God is bringing very helpful people to assist us. The Lord has been uh, opening more opportunities. Why is this? Why is this? Well, it's very simple. Because we're going in the proper direction, the direction that the Word of God, the Bible, has established. We have not turned back from it. Which means that God is with us and helping us. And He is the one that is commanded that his sheep be fed, and so he will see to it that this task is accomplished. Well, this this is all part of God's program for this period of time. It's not like any other period of time. This is not the time to seek any longer. This is the time where the unsaved people of the world perish. But the Lord, even in the day of judgment, has great concern for his people. And, and he loves and, and, and has tremendous compassion for his people. And he desires that his people be spiritually nourished as we are tested severely. And as we, we go through a tableau of demonstrating that we have stood um, before the judgment seat of Christ, and, and this is all being worked out in these days after the tribulation, as God's elect live on the earth in the day of judgment. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.